What is up, everybody? Thanks for joining us tonight in the man room. Welcome in. I'm your host, Marcus Bridges. And boy, do we have a good episode for you today. Uh, Most excited I've been about an episode since this thing started. We'll get to that in just a second. Check us out on Spotify. It's one place that we're kind of making a hub for the man room. Uh, We're doing man room radio every Tuesday and Thursday, too, so you can check that out. And then we release a new podcast episode every Monday at 8 a.m. It's also on YouTube. Search the man room podcast. And right now, we've got a special going on on Patreon where you can pay me three bucks a month and I'll give you five shows a day or a week. Uh, That's called New Stuff and Things. All that information and more is up on the Facebook page, so go check it out there if you'd rather not hear me talk about it. Uh, Without further ado, I just want to kind of set this up a little bit because I've got two very special friends with me today. And the whole origin for this podcast came about one day when I was texting some of my best friends, my, my golfing buddies, my tailgate buddies, my college buddies about what I wanted to do here. And I just thought, you know what you guys are, we all have really interesting conversations and I think that we could make a podcast out of this. So the original idea for the man room podcast was me in the man room talking to my friends. And uh, this is actually the first episode where I'm not bringing on a comedian or a radio personality or anything like that. I'm talking to a lot like Carl. I'm talking to friends of mine. Uh, They don't do the entertainment industry, so they're annoyed with me fucking always. And I'm cool with that because that's one of the best parts about this. But I was able to hound a couple of them to join me tonight in the man room. So let's go ahead and introduce them, and then we will get to talking about exactly what we brought to drink tonight. Um, The first guy I've got is sitting right here with me. He's only the third guy to be in the uh, man room in person, which is really cool. Um, Glad to have you. Very sad that we're having you under the circumstances that we are because uh, Jared, who is sitting here with me, my best friend in the world, uh, you're moving away from where I'm at and you're moving to where we used to be and uh, you're going to the other side of the state, which is Oregon. Um, so this is kind of our last hurrah. We might get really drunk tonight on this podcast and not be able to air it, but whatever. Welcome, Jared. Thanks for hanging out in the man room. Thanks for having me, bud. How is, uh, how's the move going? Uh, it's strenuous and miserable. Yeah, you're moving about, uh, what is it, like six and a half hours away from where you live now, yeah, as, uh, as, the, as the Ford drives? Yeah, that's about right. Yeah, so it's a lot, lots of stuff to move. Going back to Enterprise, Oregon, uh, which is our hometown where we grew up in to raise your son. Uh, how old's the boy now? He is six and a handful. Six and a handful. And I just found out you're coaching T-ball with my sister, right? Apparently so. Yeah, yes. well, that's I just what found happens. that out too. So. That's what happens, dude. Welcome back to Alawa County where you get volunteered for things that you didn't even know you wanted to do. Uh, Jared, thanks for joining us in the man room tonight. Over Discord, we've got another one of my best friends in the world who came to join us uh, to say goodbye to Jared. Uh, Taylor, thanks for joining us in the man room tonight, dude. Hey, thanks for having me. No problem. I know it's a little bit late. Um, Taylor got in touch with me this morning and said that your dog was up in the morning at like 5 a.m. barfing. Is everything okay? Yeah, I think she's fine. Uh, We went um, antler hunting. It's a little activity I like to do. It's called shed hunting. 
you know, walk around the woods and um, basically just let the dog run around. I usually don't find anything, but every now and again, I come across an antler and the dog eats grass. And she decided to deliver that set grass onto my floor at 5 a.m. Oh, nice of her, man. What a nice little wake-up call. It's got to be nice, though, to have a dog barfing at 5 a.m. rather than a kid, right? Yeah, but nothing gets you out of bed faster than hearing the... <laughs> down down at your feet. Oh, uh, she so she was she sleeping on the bed with you? She she was just down on next to the bed on the ground. Okay, all right. Yeah, that's a little bit scary, man. I'm not I'm not into that. It's happened to me multiple times. I have two corgis and you guys both know them, uh Detective Elliot Stabler and Lieutenant Dan, and we call them according to their color, also what uh, their nicknames are. Elliot likes to barf all over the place and he's the red dog, so we call him Barf. And Dan's black, and he shits everywhere, so we call him poop. So we've got poop and barf, and they're appropriately <laughs> colored. Um, but they do kind of run our lives, and we're constantly cleaning up after them. So I understand, Taylor. Uh, while we're talking dogs, before we get to talking booze here, Jared, you are the proud new owner. Haven't taken custody yet, but the proud new owner of an absolutely adorable chocolate lab that is going to be a fucking tank. That thing, is the dad, it looked like a goddamn moose. Yeah, he's a big dog. Yeah. He's two weeks old, and it looks like he's like 10 or 12 pounds. He's oh, a dude. monster. The paws on him? For, yeah. I mean, I couldn't really see the paws in the picture, but, it, it, dude, and you've had labs. You've been a yellow lab guy. What made you decide to go to chocolate lab this time? I've always kind of liked the chocolate labs. Everybody's got black, black labs or yellow labs, so the chocolate labs I've only seen. I mean, there's lots of chocolate labs, but I've never owned one, and I kind of like the idea of having a chocolate lab. Some of the coolest labs I've I've uh, I've you know ever met in my life have been chocolate labs. Not that I should qualify that. Every fucking lab I've ever met's been the greatest dog in the world. But the chocolate ones have something special about them. I think that's because you don't see as many of them. Yeah, maybe it might be just uh, the fact that they. I don't know. It seems more manly to me. Every chocolate lab I've seen, they've they've got bigger chests. They're just more muscular, and they just seem like something you need to be out in the woods hunting things with. Okay. All right, so you're going to train it to go after beasts of the forest. That's right, yes. Okay, I like it. I like it. Well, uh, now that we've got dog talk cleared up, we'll hope that Roxy doesn't barf on Taylor. Uh, Elliot and Dan are downstairs, and the wife's in charge of them. And uh, Dixon, your other lab, is going to be probably back in Enterprise now, right? Uh, No, he's back in Lebanon right now. We're still staying at the Lebanon house. Okay, cool, cool. Well, um, let's get to one of the most important things about the Man Room podcast, which is kind of funny. I've had some, uh, I, I don't want to call these people out because I don't, by name, because I don't know if they're listening, but I've had some, some like people close to me in my life that have told other people close to me in my life, like, are you concerned that Marcus's podcast has so much to do with drinking? And it's like, I hope not because that's what we're doing up here and nobody's going to fucking change that. This is my room. This is where I keep all my adult toys, my drum set, my beer fridge, and my blood pressure cuff. And I've said that over and over and over again. If the blood pressure cuff has to be up here, we're drinking. Okay? Because that's that's just the way that I see it. Um, so, uh, as always, we like to feature what we're drinking tonight. Um, I actually started out a little bit um, low octane tonight because I was worried that maybe this thing, I mean, it's, Full disclosure, it's 9 o'clock when we're recording this, and, and Jared and I are kind of having our, our last hangout before you move hours and hours away. So this could go off the rails. Um, and I brought nothing but a Coors Light in my first bug here. I do have some Vicious Mosquito IPA, and I've also got some White Claws just in case I have to incrementally uh, increase where I'm at. So I'm fine over here. I have a zip-up cooler, a little cooler down here. I've got my bong, got my weed, i got my bong here. Uh, and so I'm I'm set. But Jared has like a full bar in front of him right now. And I'm sure that Taylor has some exciting stuff to tell us about too. So Jared, 
What's in front of you? Uh, I went kind of light at first. I got a 10-barrel pub beer because it, I just like the pub beer for some reason. It's Good it's lager. Nice. Yeah. And I've got the uh, Guinness from Dublin, Ireland, which is my favorite beer of all time. And I've got myself a bottle of Jameson Stout Edition that I really like. I like their Stout and their Mix Editions better than just the regular straight Jameson. I don't know why. It's so, just, it seems smoother. Stout. So is it like they age it in stout barrels or something? Yeah, they, Let me see that. Yeah, they aged it in a stout barrel. That's Might quite well. the step up there. Might as well just start out. Well, see, Taylor, I cleared my schedule. I know that this is a work night for you, but Jared and I are, Jared's unemployed. I'm unemployed. This is a bottle of whiskey that's probably going to disappear tonight. So He is correct, yes. That's why I brought it. I don't plan. On, I don't plan on taking that back. I'm going to recycle that can in the garbage. God damn, that's good, right? That's not okay. So it's not the best whiskey I've had on the show, but it's the second best, only because somebody brought a 12 year bull run, uh, Pinot barrel aged whiskey in here, and it was just a tiny bit sweeter on the back end. But I really like that. Oh, that's sh- some good shit. Shit, that's a thirty dollar bottle of booze right there. That's nothing special. I love it. But it's Jameson good. Irish whiskey, uh, the stout. What is it? Stout aged? Stout edition. Yeah. Stout edition. They have an IPA one too that I don't like. Oh, Taylor, did you know they have an IPA I'm one? Good. I didn't you know that was a thing. <sighs> Jared is got this uh, diversion to IPAs, and you're you're one of our only friends that doesn't in, in like our in our football watching friend group. One of the only guys that's kind of like adamantly not wanting IPAs. So it's nice to have you around because most of the other people that have been on this podcast have been drinking IPAs or some type of scotch. And, uh, I, you know, I'm always pretty much drinking IPAs, so it's nice to have the, the change of, of gears in here. And I know you're, a, know you're a Guinness guy. I've watched you drink more Guinness than I care to count, so. That's yeah, good for you. <laughs> what does it do for you? Makes you drunk. Okay, I was going to say, G- Jared's favorite catchphrase is to say that a drink puts hair on your chest and lead in your pecker, and I was really expecting him to come with that. So oh, I didn't want to do that because you got enough hair and pecker juice. <laughs> Well, the things that you'll find out on the Man Room <laughs> podcast. I am a virile 36-year-old man. There's no question about it. Uh, Taylor, what did you bring to drink tonight? Uh, I am drinking 10-barrel profuse juice. It's, I think they just called it, I think it's just a regular IPA, but it's very hazy. Maybe it's a hazy IPA. I'm actually not sure. I, get, I have a keg of it, so I don't actually have the label to look at. It's always the downfall with when Taylor's drinking uh, on the podcast, which we'll get to that in a second, but you've always got a keg of something. And so it's like you never really run the risk of running out during the podcast, which is great. I love it. I need a keg up here. I really do. My wife doesn't think so, but I do. He's rubbing it in our faces what he's doing. I got a keg of it. (laughs) Good good luck getting a keg up those stairs. I can barely get it out of my car into my fridge. They are not light. They aren't, man. But I'll tell you something about up here, and I talked about this a couple weeks ago on the podcast. I got a wild hair up my ass a few weeks ago and got that uh, queen-size hide-a-bed couch that's been up here in the man room for the last five years. And I moved that son of a bitch down the stairs and out into the garage all by myself. Oh, uh, my God. Yeah, it took a hand truck, and um, I had to take a nap afterwards, but I got it. Um, <laughs> it fits through the door by half an inch, and I, I remembered that the hard way. I had to take the feet off of it. But anyway, it was my feet of strength for the year, so I'm done, which is nice. The get full it, year. Get it out of the way early is what I say. First financial you- quarter. Did you nap on the couch that you moved after you're done or halfway down the stairs, maybe? Uh, actually, I napped on the couch. Yeah, I put it out in the garage. It was nice and cool out there. It was perfect. However, <laughs> there is a giant sweat stain on it now. Uh, so <laughs> I had to drop the price a little bit. But you know what? <laughs> what pisses me off worse is I had the thing sold on Facebook, uh, the Facebook Marketplace. 
and then the bitch no call no showed on me. I drove the goddamn thing all the way out to Junction City, which means I also loaded it in my fucking truck by myself. And I drove it all the way out to Junction City, and she no-call, no-showed me, and so I had to get it out of the truck by myself and put it back in the garage where it currently is. That's a heavy couch, too. It's a really heavy couch. The last time we moved it, my uncle, who'd helped me move like three or four times by this point, told me that he would gladly lend me a chainsaw to saw it in half so that he never had to move it again. Um, But I just haven't called him yet because I haven't sold it. So uh, he'll get a call. Don't worry. Um, so Taylor's got the profuse juice. Jared's got, uh, six waves from Sunday over there to get drunk. And I am on Coors Light, uh, vicious mosquito IPA and some white claw all mixed together. I call it the lunchbox. Um, what's next? I've got some things written down here. It's, uh, it's kind of, like I said, it's kind of bittersweet, dude, because this is the first. So when we first started this podcast, when I first started this podcast, I got a hold of all of you guys, Taylor, Jared, uh, Andrew, uh, Rufus, Matt, uh, uh, another guy that I shouldn't use his name, so we'll just call him D. But uh, you guys all did practice podcasts with me because, as you know, being my friend for as long as you have, I'm kind of an anal perfectionist, and I wasn't going to let this thing go until it was perfect. So you guys were kind of my guinea pigs where we would get all of the audio stuff, and I have, you know, I have those podcasts. Maybe someday they'll see the light of day. I definitely have to edit them for content because we were we were recording under the guise that they would never see the light of day. So, um, but I really appreciate you guys helping me out because it made it possible for this thing to happen and, and get off the ground, not sounding like shit. So I'm super excited to have you guys back on a podcast that will actually air, but I'm super bummed out because you're leaving Jared. And, and I know that it was the right time for you and that what goes on in my, between my ears doesn't really matter as far as your family and everything. Um, but I'm going to be sad to see you go, dude. We've had, uh, quite the rundown here. You moved to, uh, Eugene with me in 2004, I believe it was my, yeah, it was right after five, my, one of the two, yeah. right after my freshman year in college. Uh, we played in a band together a lot. That was when we, uh, when we first met Taylor and, um, you know, we spent, uh, every waking moment together, uh, the, basically the whole friend group for, you know, a decade plus after that, um, you've, since moved uh, just a little bit north, but I mean, it's 45 minutes between my house and yours. It's almost like a commute across Eugene with bad traffic, you know, so it's never, we've never had a problem getting up to see each other. Even, you know, when COVID was around, we were careful about it, but we were still able to see each other a couple of times. And um, I, I mean, I'm, I, like I said, I haven't been more excited for a podcast yet, but it's really bittersweet knowing that after we shut the mics off here and you and I, you know, black out tonight, that uh, you're going to get on the road and, and head back to where we grew up, which has always kind of felt like such a long drive, even though after you've made it 600 times, that seven hours goes quick. I've made it four times in the last two weeks. Good God, man. So I'm, I'm a little wore out. <laughs> Damn. Damn it. Well, um, what, what gave you like the – because this all happened fast. Like my, I'm pretty sure our wives were together – when you called your wife and told her we're moving to Enterprise, which is a big, big deal. It's kind of sudden. What was it that made you decide that you wanted to get out of the Willamette Valley here in Oregon and get back over to the mountains? I think I was just uh, mentally frustrated with work and with with the people that I was interacting with. So I took a little vacation. I went over. I stayed a week with my dad, do some steelhead fishing, and just kind of get away, get away from everybody, right? And uh, I met my friends over there in Enterprise, to go have lunch, and I was talking to my buddy Mark, and I said, hey, man, I just went and looked at this really cute little house over back behind the church next to the elementary school. And he goes, ha, 
yeah, that's Mike's house. I was like, oh, well, all right. So I kind of had an in on this house already. So he came to lunch. We went. I looked at it. I loved the shop, and I loved the house. The house can be doubled in square footage because of the full basement that's unfinished. And I just said, yeah. It was like all things kind of just hit right where they needed to hit to make a snap decision like that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't even ask the wife. I just said, hey, check no, this I know. house. I know you didn't ask the wife because she was with my wife, which means that I basically <laughs> caught the wrath of that you were going to get just because she wasn't directly on the phone with you. How did your wife respond when you called and just said, we're moving? Not, hey, can we move? Hey, what do you think of this idea? You just called her and said, we're moving. How'd she respond? Uh, well, unfavorably. You uh, I wouldn't say. say I wouldn't say unfavorably, but she was like, um, well, what's the house look like? You know, the standard questions, right? You know, she's never seen the house. She doesn't know where it's at. She kind of knows Enterprise's area in Oregon. That's about it. But she wasn't against the idea. You know, I mean, she wanted to, she wanted to move close to her parents. It's an hour and a half from her parents. It's an hour from my parents. We were planning on doing this two years ago, but it just didn't happen. Unforeseen circumstances and whatnot. And we finally got to the point where it just, everything just flowed. Nice. Well, I know that you were frustrated at work and for somebody that's, uh, you know, separated from their job over the past year as well. I, I am uh, nothing but a fan of that move because you and I have plenty of conversations about it. Um, it seems that it's one of those things where um, you kind of had a similar situation that I did. You were working for somebody that you knew very well, somebody that was uh, in the past considered a friend before they were ever a coworker or a, or a superior at work. And as the years went on, you just started to realize, and I, I'm not I'm not speaking for you here. I'm just saying this is this is what my thing was. Is I started to realize a lot sooner than what it happened to you because I was not working for this company for as long as what you were working for yours. But all of a sudden, it's like the almighty dollar matters more than any type of loyalty, any type of friendship. And I know people are running a business, and that type of stuff really matters. But when you get into that business and you're working under the guys that, hey, we're all a family here and and we love each other and we stick up for one another and we have each other's backs. And then when it finally comes time that you're not the guy that has to have everybody's back, you need somebody to have your back once. It's like you fucking ran over somebody's foot with a dually. And uh, that really doesn't fly well with me. And I, I look, I, I know that... Um, that maybe it's not always the best decision to just up and, and leave your job, especially if it's a good job. But I got to tell you something that 2020 really opened my eyes to, and that was that uh, this life is not getting any longer. It's it's short by every sense of the fucking word. And if you're not doing something that you enjoy doing and that you can at least look at yourself in the mirror and be happy that you're going to work that day to earn a living for your family, then you got to go do something else, dude. And and I'm super stoked. It sounds like you got a job that you're really going to enjoy over in, uh, in Enterprise where you're moving to and not have to go to work and be pissed off all the time, you know? Yeah, that's the plan. I hope it works out really well. It's going to be a whole different chapter for me. I've never done this before. I mean, I've done some mechanicing before, but this is a whole different whole different bear. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of the same thing for me. I mean, I've done radio broadcasting. I've done the kind of broadcasting where somebody's telling you what you have to do all the time. This is like somebody gave me my own internet radio station and then just left. I kind of like it, to be honest with you. you say whatever you want, but well, obviously we've discussed some parameters. But. Yeah. Yeah. I can't say those words. I know. <laughs> Taylor, um, do you have anything to say uh, to Jared? You know, since he's moving, he, he didn't consult you about the decision either. I know he didn't consult me. He definitely didn't ask his wife. So, is there any yeah. thoughts you want to share with him? 
Yeah, no, I've been thinking about it. You know, I'm I'm super super happy for you. Um, I you know it's it, just chasing your dream, doing the thing you want to do. But honestly, it's horseshit because you didn't ask us. You didn't take our vote. Uh, I never got any sort of survey asking me if I was okay with it, and neither did any of anyone else. And you know, I, I think this is kind of a democracy friendship. And I thought so. You know, we do things as a group. Yeah. So maybe next time. Give us a heads up. No, no. Okay. No, well, no, no, it's that's fine. I mean, I guess no, it's, no. the only thing that could happen is he's going to leave enterprise and move back over here, which means if he just shows up on our doorstep once again, it's going to be just like old times. Won't really be anything different. Right. Hey, no, that's, that'd be great. That's fine. <laughs> well, if I do that, if I do what I did this time again, it'll probably just be me. Yeah, because your wife will have left you. Yes, that's correct. Yeah, and taking the kid and both the dogs and probably the house. Yeah, and my truck. Okay. Her name's on that too somehow. So basically what I just heard Jared say is sooner or later I'm going to have to fucking put that pull-out couch back up here. Yep. Uh, <laughs> so I'm just I'm not into that at all. Um, here's a question that you knew I was going to ask you. You just didn't know I was going to ask you on the podcast. How many football games are you coming back for in the fall? Ooh, I don't know, man. I'm a t-ball coach now, and that's a full-time job, buddy. Well, you're, excuse me, you're a t-ball coach under the general manager, which is my sister, so I'll call I'll call her and have a conversation. We need to get you some t-ball vacation. We can do that. She sponsors the team. She sets the goddamn schedule. She does the whole thing, man. She's, she's fucking George Steinbrenner. I get it, but I got to get out there on that recruiting trail, man. I got to get those kids in the, in the team. Get them in the locker room. I kind of am bummed out for them that they just have to play now. Just like uh, they play now like our parents used to play where they don't necessarily have mascots anymore. They're playing like their farmer's insurance. That's their that's their team name. They're the farmer's oh. insurance, and they've got that on their shirt and everything. I got to play, and I know that you guys are going to think that this is amazing, um, that I'll say that I was happy to be on this team. But when I was playing t-ball, I played for the Beavers. And I am a Duck fan, so that didn't work out very well, but there were no Ducks in the league. Uh, there was a team called the Midgets, and uh, they can't do that anymore. So. <laughs> they call them the Wee Folk now. But you, uh, the other choices were the White Sox and the Yankees, and who the hell wants to play for either one of those teams? So I went with Beavers. Not that I had a choice. I was I six. I was on the Senators. Oh, I remember the Senators. Yeah. yeah. The Senators and the Midgets always had a problem with one another. I don't remember that. <laughs> I do. Were you so, on the midgets? Is that one why? hell of a right? No, I wasn't. Now, ah, this is going to be tough, but I'm going to say it appropriately because look, this was back in. I mean, I was six. It was 1990. Yeah. That word hadn't been. You know, we didn't understand what it meant at that time to the people, and so there was a little person. Oh, I remember him on that team, <laughs> and even at six, Taylor, I looked at it and went, he can't. Like that. <laughs> he can't be just okay with it. Um, but they ran with it the whole year. And, I mean, he was he was good. It's, it's T-ball, man. He was All of us were, you know, not like star, star athletes at that point in time. Excuse me. And I just was always a little – I've always kind of cocked my head sideways at that one, even at a very young age. I saw some interesting things on the Little League Diamond. I saw there's a guy that lives back in the county that you know who has a big Fu Manchu mustache – Hangs oh, all the yeah, way yeah, down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No yep. names. Yep, he's still there. But he bear hugged his stepson one time when his stepson like let a ball go by and and lost the game for us or something like that. And I watched his stepson grab both sides of that Fu Manchu mustache and just start pulling on it like he was <laughs> ski poling, if you know what I mean. Yeah. So you're, you're gonna see some shit playing coaching T ball and Enterprise. Are you ready to get in a fight with an umpire? 
no, because I was an umpire, I will be respectful. Yeah, so you think. Yes. Till the first time that your yes. kid slides in back into first head first, and then they, they throw him out of the game, right? I'm sorry, I didn't hear the question. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I was an umpire too, Jared, and I'll tell you one thing about being an umpire. You can only ever please half the people in the crowd. Uh, which is a real tough place to be in. So well, you're not supposed to please the people in the crowd. Just well, there the you coaches. Go. See now, okay. You you expect the umpire <laughs> to please the coach. You're definitely getting in a fight with the umpire. Yeah, <laughs> Taylor, you've refed some soccer before too, right? Have you ever gotten any dust ups? Oh yeah. Well, so growing up, my dad was always kind of the like he. I actually did play little league for a bit until middle school. My dad was the coach of those teams, and he was always coming to. It, it, I, let me take this back. I never got in a fight. Um, but, but, uh, growing up playing soccer and, and little league and stuff, my dad would come to the games and he would get pretty animated. He wouldn't, he wouldn't be yelling mean stuff at the refs, but he would definitely be like, you know, come on, what did you didn't see that? What was that? What's going on here? And we were at a game, I think we were in Albany actually. And, um, I, I just got smoked. The other team was so much bigger. Albany always had, had big kids when I was growing up and they were just, just crushing on us. And um, I got knocked to the ground and my dad jumped up and yelled, are you kidding, ref? You need to take care of this game or somebody's going to get hurt. And the kid took that as a direct threat that my dad was going to come beat his ass. And that was not what he meant. He meant just take control of the game because somebody's going to get hurt from getting hit. Because no, what he would have so, said was, if you don't stop that kid, I'm going to go out there and kick his ass. That's what the, that's kid, what the kid thought. That's what the kid thought. So he, he went and told the, the ref, and the ref went and um, told my dad that he was about to call the police on him for threatening the kid. And my dad <laughs> had to go sit in the car and wait till the end of the game and stuff like that. And he's, he's not like my dad's not a fighter. Like he's not one who's going to get into it with anyone. But it was just, he felt so embarrassed and uh, it was so bad. I've played rounds of golf with your dad and, uh, of course, been around him in, in many other circumstances. But I, I'll just use the round of golf to say, like, I never saw him get more escalated than like a three. And I never saw him get less escalated than like a three. Like he's the most level headed guy out there. And to know that he uh, got into a little bit of a, of a dust up with a ref is, or with an umpire is actually like really surprising to me. Just knowing your dad and also knowing you, I don't, you don't strike me as a guy who's going to be chasing uh, like the soccer ref up and down the field when, uh, when your daughter's playing or anything like that. She's probably hasn't started sports quite yet. Has she? No, not yet. She just turned five, but so, uh, she did learn to ride a bike th this week. So that, okay. that's where we're at. <laughs> okay. So if she's out there on the motocross track and some kid brushes up against her, or gets the whole shot, you might have to go out and stick a stick in his spokes is what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, uh, like I said, I, you know, I umped some baseball. I actually umped high school baseball, which is a little bit different animal than little league. And not because, you know, the sanctions are different and stuff like that. And the people that run the league are different just because, Parents in high school sports get a lot more committed all of a sudden because that's that's the last step. Like, your kid is either going to keep playing sports or he's going to stop playing sports and play rec league sports. And um, it, was actually, it was actually a parent from Lebanon, believe it or not, from where you're from right now, Jared. And uh, I was it was a Marist High School. I think it was like a C team or a JV game. It wasn't a varsity game. So... You know, it's like middle of the afternoon on a Monday. It's like 3 p.m. on a Monday, and this kid from Lebanon is out there just scorching fastballs by all these kids from Marist. And uh, as as I am wont to do from time to time, 
as an umpire, I adjusted my strike zone a little bit because the kid was not throwing anything other than than just straight heat. He was throwing it right down the gut every time, and he was blowing it by every kid. And so I thought, this kid doesn't need help on the corners. He doesn't need help up or down. He doesn't need me to give him the knees and give him the letters. He can he can hit the zone just fine. Well, somebody noticed right off the bat, and I think it was the kid's dad, because he got into my ear in the second inning, and he did not fucking stop until finally in the fifth inning. I had to say, I was a lot younger at the time. I think I was only in my mid-20s, and so I wasn't... I, I was I was just starting out in radio. I wasn't the type of person that would just turn to somebody and tell them to shut the fuck up like I am now. Um, but I, I turned around to this guy, and out of nowhere, it's just like all of a sudden my umpire voice came alive in me, and I went, Hey, you want to watch your son finish the game? And he just kind of looked at me, and I went, Button it! And he didn't say a word for the rest of the game. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll tell you right now, you want to feel the power between your legs, dude. Threaten to kick somebody out of out of the grandstands while they're watching their kid. I've never felt more empowered in my life. Plus, I had all this gear on, so it's like even if he tries to fight me, I've got pads and a helmet and all. Like I, he can't even kick me in the shin. You can go full on turtle, just lay on the ground. Yeah, I've got a cup. He can't kick me in the nuts. <laughs> well, he can. He's gonna hurt his foot. But no, uh, oh, man, it, it'll be exciting for you, coaching T-ball. That's great. You know, you, you knew that that was coming with your boy. Like you said, six and a handful now. Um, I think it's awesome. It's been fun to watch the, watch the little dude grow up, and I can't wait to see the, all the uh, the pictures and the videos from uh, T-ball games because I know he can throw. He's been throwing since he was born, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, and, he's uh, getting better. He's actually a pretty decent hitter. Is he? Yeah. Yeah, well, you've always had him out there swinging bats and golf clubs and everything else out in the backyard, so. He was drilling drilling tennis balls with a little dowel the other day. He was, he was bullseye and womp rats? Yeah, it was really ridiculous, really. <laughs> I threw the ball, and he hit it, and I was like, whoa. <laughs> can't believe you hit that we'll definitely keep us abreast of the situation uh, you know if you'd like to send us some updates as far as marshall's t-ball schedule is concerned we can update the uh the people that listen to the man room podcast oh, and give, all them right. a, give them a score update how farmers insurance did against uh yeah. willow mountain electrical or whoever yeah, they're playing yeah. next week yeah we'll call them framers insurance or something like that <laughs> so we don't get sued <laughs> Hey, no, we're going to call him Farmers, and I'm going to call the general manager of the team and ask for some goddamn advertising dollars, okay? I'm out here getting people out to buy the concessions. Pay me! Pay me! <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to monetize this bitch. Um, so, Taylor, uh, I want to get to the next topic here, which is something I know you've you've talked to Jared a little bit, but um, it, it, just a little peek behind the curtain for our text thread Jared is the guy that doesn't like Taylor and I will both text you a paragraph. We'll both, or it might be in multiple text messages, but at the end you'll put it together and it'll be multiple sentences uh, with transitions, you know, and, and punctuation and all the capitalization correct and spelling checked. And we'll spend five, 10 minutes crafting that perfect text message and send it off. And which time we'll get a text message back from Jared that says something like, sure. Or Yeah. So Jared's a very one one word one uh, phrase type of texter compared to uh, juxtaposed to Taylor and I who are you know novel kind of texters. Me probably worse than Taylor, but Taylor asked a very important question here a couple weeks ago in the text thread. Jared, I don't remember if you I don't know if you remember this, but he is wanting to pick your brain a little bit about a very delicate medical procedure. I'm not going to say anything else. Oh. I'm just going to let Taylor talk to you about it because. You've been through it. He's going to go through it. I never have to have it, so uh, <laughs> fuck you guys. Uh, but please, Taylor, take it away. 
Yeah. So I, you know, I, I don't know what it is. When when I was growing up, it anything medical was not a big deal to me. Getting a flu shot, no big deal. I broke, I got my leg broken in half, um, literally in half. Tib fib, full fracture in in soccer. Um, and didn't the first it break thing I from? Said, didn't it break from the top to the bottom? Like it actually split the entire bone down the length, not like broke it in half, like in the middle. No, it was it was broken in half in the middle. Oh, like, okay. Li- lift my leg and it turns ninety degrees at my shin. Ah! Um, <laughs> um and uh and and while i was laying there like uh, i was just like you know i'm going snowboarding in a month is this gonna be good and and they're like laughing at me in the ambulance anyway so um ever since then and maybe it's then i don't know what the spawning point was but i've gotten worse and worse when it comes to anything medical happening to me um to the point where um even when I've, I've I've had a cortisone shot because I had a, like some tendonitis in my elbow and just watching them put the needle in, I had to sit on the table for like 20 minutes because I was going to pass out. It's gotten bad where I'm like not good with medical stuff. And I need to get a procedure done that you are very versed in a little snip snip to make sure there's no extra tailors running around. So Taylor's uh, staring down the barrel of a vasectomy. And all I can say is if, that needle was that bad. Uh, your first prostate exam is going to be a fucking nightmare, dude. <laughs> you can start practicing now with your own and get it over with. <laughs> so, Jared, you had a vasectomy win. How long ago? Oh, man. Uh, let's see here. Three years ago. Three years ago. And, Taylor, yeah. you're thinking about getting yours win. Uh, soon. Um, every soon time I think about it, I get woozy. So... <laughs> You girl. So, well, not exactly. By definition, he's a man if he's going in to get this procedure. So, you got to call him something different. Ah, uh, I didn't want to be mean. You resident of the United Kingdom. <laughs> That's tame enough, right? Ooh, I think so. Yeah. So, what do you? What Savage. advice? What advice are you going to give him, Jared? And how did how did yours go? First, walk us through. What happened at yours? And then tell us what advice you would give Taylor after the experience. Oh, this is going to be a fantastic story. Okay, so I walk in just to just to figure out who I need to go to to get this done. Because in Lebanon, Oregon, there's not a lot of options. They have the hospital there, but, you know, it's not the best. Springfield has a beautiful hospital. Good doctors, good bedside manner. They're great. Corvallis, same thing. Lebanon, not so much. So I went into my family doctor. He's not... It's a family doctor, but he's my doctor. And he goes, well, I don't do that sort of thing, but our doctor here does. And he comes in, and the dude is probably not 70, but he looks like he's 70, right? And he goes, oh, yeah, I can do that. We scheduled it, and everything was all hunky-dory. I show up the day of the procedure. I was a little nervous. You know, I wasn't sweating or anything like that. But it was... uh, I'm sweating now. (laughs) The procedure hasn't even started yet. Yeah, I haven't even started the, the good part. <laughs> so we get in there, and, uh, oh, backtrack a little bit. He did ask me several times, you sure you don't want any more children? I said, yes, yeah, so this one's one and a handful, and he's enough. That's it. No more. So I walk in there, and I sit down, and there's a nurse there, you know, middle-aged woman, you know, and she's just like, okay, this, 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 and this, and this. Doctor comes in. He goes, do you mind if we have a student observe the, the procedure? I was like, oh, yeah, that's fine. That's hunky-dory. 
this gal walks in and she's like a nine and a half. I'm like, oh so, shit. So a very pretty woman if you're yeah. not familiar with Jared's rating scale. Holy smokes. And uh, so I lay down and he pulls my dress up and he tapes my dong onto my belly. He tapes it. Tapes it. Tapes it. Shaft, belly button. Scotch, scotch tape? or I don't know what kind of tape he used, Taylor. Jesus. It was Gorilla Glue. <laughs> he, had to, he had to really strap that thing down. <laughs> I wasn't paying attention to the brand name on the roll he pulled out of the drawer. He's like, I have this left over from Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> so, he gets going. And uh, first off, he's he takes the needle. You're going to love this part, Taylor. And he sticks mm. it in the sack. And then he uses the plunger. Okay? And the, the first pinch, it just feels like a regular shot. It's just in a uncomfortable location. Yeah, there is no regular shot to yeah. the balls, though. That's the thing. is like that Just right there, inherently, that doesn't apply. Because if anybody goes, you ever had an allergy shot? Yeah, I used to get two of them a week in my arm. But if they were like, all right, let's see the sack, and they stuck one in there, well, I would scream and die. They're not sticking it in your nut. Well, they're still- sticking it in the bag. Go down, <laughs> Just go downstairs and pull some hairs out. That's what it feels like. Oh, no. I can't do that right now. Uh, we have to take a break because we just lost Taylor. Oh, wait. Never mind. Oh, wait. We don't have to take a break. He's coming back. Uh, okay. So let's reset here because my entire body just quivered and I sweated. And now <sighs> I think I'm okay. So you got a needle in the ball bag, in the scrotum, if we're yep. being scientifically correct. And you say it just felt like a pinch. So you're already he-man to me, but continue. It does feel like a pinch. What didn't feel like a pinch was the fact that he didn't put enough in there, and when he cut me, it felt like I was being gutted. Taylor's never going to have this procedure. Well, He's never what? going to have this procedure. He just puked on his <laughs> microphone. That's what happened to Discord. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, so, so he didn't get enough Novocaine into your sack, and then he when he cut... Didn't he, like, roll it around in his fingers and ask if you could feel that? I mean, that's what they do with the dentist. I, I don't I don't remember because the, the aforementioned cut... Blacked out anything before that. Oh my god, dude! Yeah, it was it was it was just. And he goes, "Oh, you felt that, huh?" I was like, "Yeah." You said you just said yeah. I would have been like, ah, "Yeah." <laughs> so so he goes, "Okay." He puts a little more on there, you know, and everything was fine after that. You know, he got in there, pulled it out, snip, burn, burn. First one's done, no problem. Sorry, pulled it out. Well, yeah. So the little cord in there, he didn't pull. His, he didn't. He doesn't pull your nuts out, Taylor. There's a little yeah. cord in there that you're. Your baby fluid flows through, right? So he pulls that sucker out and he pinches that thing with a pair of uh, a thingers, whatever they're called. The, the little, the little scientific, yeah, yeah, vice grips, yeah. <laughs> and they, uh, and then he cuts it and then he cauterizes it. He he cauterizes it, yes. like with fire. Well, not fire; it's an iron cigarette. <laughs> yeah, from the sounds of it, this so, doctor probably put it out with a fucking roach. So, and then he uh, put that back in there, stitch that side up. Got to do it again. So it goes to the other side, gets enough in this time, pulls it out, goes to pinch it, boop, back in the hole. He goes, oh. Pulls it out, boop, back in the hole. It's like, uh, a, it's like a battle. Whack-a-mole. Yeah, so he finally gets it out. Stop it, Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> he finally gets it out, cuts it, does the thing, right? And I'm sitting there and... At this point, I I am sweating. You know, I've I've gone through a little bit, and it feels like he's just, I don't know. It feels like he's got your 
one of your balls, and he's just squeezing it. And every time he pulls that thing out, he squeezes a little more. And then he pulls it out, and then he squeezes a little more. You're like, oh, my God, that's uncomfortable. It well, sounds like when you're trying to pull a cord, like a like a long extension cord that's hooked up into like a power bar that's got a bunch of other cords around it, you know, and you yeah. keep pulling, it yeah, keeps yeah, getting yeah. tighter. Yeah. yeah. God, I want to die right now. Yeah, so <laughs> so he gets he gets a second one done, you know, and he's he's working on it. And I'm I'm reading a golf digest or something like that, just trying to get my mind off of it. And I'm looking at these three people, and I I say, you know. I really appreciate you two gals being here because, you know, it really it really helps keep my mind off of what's happening. It is a little weird that all of you are looking at my beanbag right now, though. <laughs> so you told a joke that they've heard 17,000 times to this point. Well, no, no, no. See, the doctor starts laughing while he's got my junk in his hands. Oh, he has to no. stop. He has to stop and pull his hands back because he's laughing. <laughs> yeah. So did he finally get? I mean, you oh, yeah, yeah. where's the climax? Did he finally cut the second cord or did oh, it yeah, explode? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's fine. It's good. I'm good. Because I had a countdown in my head, like this guy was playing beat the clock and die hard, and he's trying to clip the green and the red wire. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, he had God. the green one. He just kept dropping it. Oh, dude. So Taylor, uh, when do you schedule your appointment? <laughs> really rethinking it. My hands so, are just clammed up. So. Here's my advice to you. Don't got don't go to Dr. McShakey Fingers to do this. Like you hear those you hear those ads all the time during March Madness to go into the professional places, even the ones that are in the trucks that have like a line of dudes outside and they're just shuffling them through like a, a, a machine gun belt. Or like like the like the bathrooms at a football game. Like you can't there's no way right. that many guys are gonna go through there and get right. done with what they have to do, but they do it. They do it, yeah. Go to somebody who's professional because I've had several friends go in and they just go in and and he's out. I was in there for like three hours. Oh my god, dude! So you, they, all your friends got a sushi chef and you got a line cook at Applebee's. Yeah, I got, I got, uh, I got the lead guitar player from Jackal and his chainsaw is what I got. <laughs> dude, that's terrifying. I mean, I look, I don't. I don't ever have to have this done. That's where I'll go. I don't because I don't want to get into more of my stuff because I want to talk about what's going through Taylor's head right now because um, he just shook his head for three minutes straight. So what what do you think now that you heard that, Taylor? Obviously, you're going to look for like a urologist instead of a of a just a general practitioner. Uh, yeah, I guess so. I have I don't even know where to start. I'm definitely not going to Lebanon. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> Well, nobody's ever expected the town named after an impoverished country to have a real great hospital, but uh, you know that's just, that's just my observation. Wow, yeah, I'm 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 still waiting for the blood to get back to my head. I'm a little pale over here. Uh, <laughs> Who taped it to your to your stomach? Was it the man, or did he let the nurse do it? Oh, it was the man. It was the man. Yeah, well, it's yeah. probably better because you kind of like I said, you told the joke and what might have been creepy, but it's just. I've never had it taped to me anywhere. Like I've, that's never something that I, and so that right there, I think I might've called the procedure off, you know, cause look, I, I am not able to have children and that's as far as we'll put it. So I don't need to worry about this ever. Um, but, but I will say that if it were me and I could, and I would, and I did, um, and it was time to make a, make a, a decision about this. I might ask my wife to go under the knife instead, 
because I know it's a much more risky procedure, but at least they'll put her to sleep. Because this sounds, I don't know if I could live through that, especially not when he's sitting there trying to fish it out like he's he's trying to get his knitting needles and he's trying to find the loop and he just can't get it through. That sounds horrifying. It's like a tape measure with a busted button. It just like... (laughs) Yeah, it uh, it was uncomfortable. I will say that. It wasn't like a lot of pain. It was just I was uncomfortable for three hours until I got home, and then it felt like I'd been kicked in the dick by a mule. Right. Right, and that's what I hear, and they, I mean, you you referenced it, Jared. There's a lot of radio advertisements around March Madness because they want to get that week front-loaded, and, and the way that they play those basketball games is Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, that first weekend. So the idea is you take two days off of work, you go in on Wednesday, you get to watch basketball all weekend. How was the pain level for that second part? Because it's easy for them to say you're in and you're out and you're on the couch for four days, but... Was it really like I could enjoy watching a basketball tournament, or is it every time you move, you remind yourself that you got kicked in the dick by a mule? No, it really wasn't that bad. After after the initial, you know, you get out, you get out, you hobble over to the ca- and over to the car while your wife is giggling at you as she's putting you in the car, and then <laughs> you get back to the house and you get your frozen peas and you put them in your underwear and you sit down, and that's it. Your balls are just really cold for a while. And then when you stand up, you can feel like where they were, like, you could feel like where they were attached, but, like, imagine, I don't know, imagine, like, they were there, and then when you stand up, you can feel them go, and, like, move. It was weird. It was the weirdest sensation. It didn't hurt. It was just strange, because you're used to, you've had them connected for so long, and it's not like he's cutting your nuts off completely and they're just rolling around in there now taylor you have to kind of sounds like it kind of sounds like it it's just the tube that makes the baby juice flow to the uh okay the distribution hose (laughs) taylor just looked like a ghost slapped him in the face the way he whipped his head to the side like i'm surprised (laughs) that his headphones didn't fly off good god all right well that entire segment made me want to die um but i appreciate you taking us through it because now at least we know that taylor will never have to go through that because he'll never schedule that appointment. Your wife schedules that appointment, or it doesn't get scheduled, Taylor. That's where my money's at. Yeah, yeah, I'm down the same path. <laughs> I'm telling you, bud, go to one of those professional people. They they are good. They're fast. That's what they prefer. That's what they do. They're a lot better than Doctor Doctor McShaky Fingers. I promise you. But it doesn't mean that Taylor might not. I mean, like, yeah, it's it's what they do. But what happens if Taylor has like a weird sack or like a twisted ball or something that they don't know about? Well, they'll know when they take his take his draws down or pull his dress up. They'll see his weird sack and his. Blah, blah, blah. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing weird down there. Oh God. All right. So, well, Taylor, good luck, dude. I'm I I really do feel for you and every man that has to go through this. Um, I'm sure that there are a litany of stories out there. Um, because you know a lot of guys listening to this podcast that have probably been through it. So, if you have a story. Um, that you would like to tell me and make my spine shiver, go ahead and email me, themanroompodcast at gmail.com. Uh, if, we get, if we get any good ones, I might even read them on the air. So uh, uh, thank God this isn't live um, because I'm just going to cut out everything that Jared just said for the last 15 minutes and just yeah, have Taylor's in my reaction. Um, so, all right. Um, how's your, Taylor, do you need a bathroom break or anything like that? I don't want to, uh, I don't want to go through with what we're going to get into next unless you are thoroughly ready. We can take a break if you need one. What do you think? Maybe just like a two minute one to get another beer. 
Okay, we can definitely do that. From um, my king. <laughs> all right, stop it, you two, or else I'm sending you both to the urologist. We'll be right back. Stay tuned while we grab a refill. The man room continues next. Welcome in. Welcome back into the man room. I'm your host, Marcus Bridges. Joining me tonight in the man room, my good buddies, Jared and Taylor. Jared's moving away, so we're having a little bit of a last hurrah. Uh, we just talked about vasectomies, and that's 15 minutes of my life I'll never get back. Um, but that's okay because I feel like I'm I'm richer for the experience. Not because I learned something, but because I'll never have to have that done. Um, so thank you for joining me tonight, guys. Taylor, sorry about the fact that your wife's going to have to get a hysterectomy now. Um, <laughs> and uh, I can't wait. In fact, let's go ahead and make that a podcast. You let me know when you're going to tell her that you're not going in for this, and I would love to make sure that you have that headset on when you do. Uh, I wouldn't have a head after that. <laughs> well, um, I wanted to do something with you guys because um, you guys are the first dudes that I've had in here that, A, not only are musicians yourself or have been in the past, um, we have a pretty similar taste in music, all of us. We all uh, kind of grew up on the on the punk rock and uh, and just, you know, rock in general, grunge rock. Um, you know, Taylor and I both are really into pop punk. Jared, I know you are too. Uh, we all had that skate punk influence. And so I asked you guys coming in to put me together two Mount Rushmores, which I wanted to know. And what a Mount Rushmore is, you only get four choices because there's only four heads on that mountain, I think. Unless, did did Trump, was he able to finance getting his head carved into that mountain? I don't think the uh, uh, paperwork's gone through yet. Okay. Well, good, because uh, it, it's going to really drop off the tourist numbers, I think. But anyway, um, four of your favorite bands, and when I say four of your favorite, I guess I'm saying four of the favorite, because the stipulations here were that you get the whole catalog from this artist to listen to for as long as you want, whenever you want, but you can't have any other music besides these four artists. So this is the rest of your life. And uh, you're really going to have to cruise on listening to that stuff forever. I know that it was a little bit tough for you guys. I, I know that this is probably unlike anything that you've ever done before. And thanks for doing it for my shiny new podcast. Uh, because I think it's going to be interesting. And uh, Jared, since you're so excited still about the vasectomy stuff, I'm going to start with Taylor. This this is pretty tough. Um, you know, I, I, I kind of went with approach an approach of taking two classics and kind of two um, newer bands just based on what I've been listening to for the past, like maybe 10 years and then 20 years. Um, I'm sure we're going to have some crossover here because I'm sure you guys are going to list some of the same bands, but um, I picked no effects and blink 182 for my um, two kind of classics that I could listen to. I mean, they have such a huge discography that I could just listen to all their stuff all the time and never get tired of it. Um, but then I picked two kind of more recent bands that are pop punk, um, a band called Neck Deep and Waster or WSTR. I don't know uh, really actually how it's pronounced, but I like both those bands a lot. And they're still 
putting out awesome music. So I know that I have some good stuff coming out that I haven't listened to before. It's tough because I mean, for the rest of your life, that's, that's if that's all time. you can listen to. Yeah. Um, but yeah, those, I, I went with too new, too old. I mean, to be fair, it's a long time. So long as you get a vasectomy, if you don't get a vasectomy, it's probably going to be short for you. So you can put wherever, you know, whatever you want on here. Right. Yeah. yeah. Short timetable. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, Waster, I, I, WSTR, I know I, we, I always call them that too whenever I see it come up, but you're one of the only people I know that's really been pushing that band for a while now. Uh, Neck Deep is a, is a lot of fun. Um, I, you actually uh, showed me those guys as well. And, uh, of course, No Effects and Blink-182. That's a, Those are two hard ones. I, I You could definitely feel like there's going to be some crossover from me on that one, especially because of my, uh, my Blink-182 flag that's hanging in the background right now. But... I'm going to surprise you with mine, but I'm going to make Jared go first because it's my podcast. Oh, okay. So, Taylor, we almost had crossover, but I scratched out no effects and put the Beastie Boys in instead. Oh, that's an oh, interesting yeah. take right there. Yeah. Beastie Boys. It's a it's a good catalog, but more, more than an extensive catalog, it's a super catchy catalog that just every one of them's a hit. Right. And, well, they're not necessarily all a hit because on Hello Nasty, they did a lot of different stuff, not just the, the rapping stuff. They played a lot of their own instruments. They played a lot of different different genres on that, uh, on that album. And they started to do that as they got further along in their careers. You know, They were all actually really talented musicians. So the other bands I have on here, I have uh, Bob Marley, just because he is very calming to me. And I, I just love, I love his music. You need a little bit of that influence in your life where it's right. time to settle the fuck down. Right. And uh, one of my favorite bands of all time is uh, Green Day. They've got a huge catalog. They're still putting out new music, even though some of it sucks. Questionable at best. Yeah. But, um, you know, they were going to evolve sometime. I mean, Billy Joe could only be Billy Joe for so long before he ends up getting, you know, uh, arrested and, and has to spend too much time in the clink in his 40s. Yeah, you can't spit on 17-year-olds when you're 40. No, no, I don't like that. And you can't do any you can't do anything that you used to get to do at the iHeart Music Festival. Right. Uh, so right. that's that's yeah, definitely yeah, that's not going to happen. But still a really good catalog that probably goes 10 albums deep before it ever hits any of that questionable material. Right. Which is a lot like what, you know, Taylor's selection in No Effects no effects goes, you know, 10, 12 albums, 13 albums deep before they ever really hit something that you're like, nah, it's okay, but it's not old no effects. So, you know, obviously, two really good decisions there. You know, waiting to make my list until you guys were telling me uh, yours <laughs> has been very detrimental to all my favorite bands so far. But continue, please. Right, we're through. So, so wait, one, let's reset. Um, you did Beastie Boys, which was a huge right, surprise. Right. Bob Marley, which was another huge surprise. Green Day, which I would have guessed probably first or second for you. Who's the fourth one? Uh, a band I've been really into here the last year, year and a half or so. They're a Celtic band. And I think they're out of Chicago called Gaelic Storm. That really surprises me. They are they are awesome, man. I am just when I listen to them play, it just lifts my day. So Every time you feel like you've got your happy band, which is your Gaelic Storm, right. you've got your two catalogs that you can trust forever, Beastie Boys and, and Green Day, and then you've got kind of your uh, your settled down, don't hit anybody music, which is Bob Marley. Right. Okay. All right. Well, you know, I had a lot of stuff floating through my head the entire time when I was coming up with my Mount Rushmore because I knew it was going to be a little bit um, tough with the three of us all, like, we could put on any one of our playlists right now and all three of us would be happy with it. Um, 
I told you I was going to surprise you because I think that I found the loophole in my own rules, which I didn't think about until last night late, and I wrote it down. The rules were you get that artist's entire catalog, that band's entire catalog, right? So I am going to choose is my number one, which will surprise no one once I tell you, Travis Barker. Okay, so Travis Barker's catalog includes everything Blink-182's done past uh, Dude Ranch. It includes Plus 44. It includes Boxcar Racer. It includes all of his individual stuff, which spans Kanye West to Rihanna to uh, uh, Kenny Hoopla and all the way down the line, plus a whole bunch of shit that he's recorded with Goldfinger. Um, I Like I said, I loopholed my own rules because I wanted to be a little bit more... Um, selective with these next three because I, I thought about the mood thing too. See, Taylor, the one thing that concerns me about yours is that do does any of those bands have like some stuff that you can really calm down to or are you just, are you just jumping around at punk speed for the rest of your life now? Uh, I mean, it's punk speed all, <laughs> all the time. Yeah, that, that's, I, I mean, it's, you know, some of them have some like slower or maybe a few, few acoustic or something like that. But um, yeah, no, I don't usually change gears. See, I thought I might be too high strung to not change gears. I know Jared is. I thought I might be. And so I kind of was thinking about this too. Um, so my second band is not my cooldown band yet, but I went with The Offspring for my second band for a multitude of reasons. One, Taylor chose No Effects. Two, Jared chose Green Day. Um, but I love The Offspring going all the way back to the self titled album that came out in 1989, if I'm not mistaken, maybe 88. Um, it's got some, got some great hits on it, like Jennifer lost the war and beheaded. Um, then, you know, after that you've got, uh, uh, what is it? Session. Is that the, is yeah, that the session next came one? Out next? Yeah. Session. And then you've got just, uh, smash, smash the and then X nay. And then, uh, the, the hits just keep coming with the offspring and another one. And I actually can't comment on this yet, but they just put out a new album like a couple weeks ago. The offspring did. And, um, it's called let the bad times roll. I think. And I haven't listened to it yet. I'm not a huge fan of new, new, new offspring at this point, but there are some that have got rise, fall, fail, and grace, or whatever it was was a, was a pretty good one. Um, they had like some hits on there that all of a sudden got me really emotional at one point in time, just because I heard them at a time in my life that was like it. It reminded me of being like a like an angsty teenager listening to Offspring and crying about those songs back then. But it was enough like newer, and it was stuff that was going on in my life that was new but I still was able to like cry about it with the offspring. So that's one that has to go on my mountain, right? Gross. You have emotions like a woman. Uh, well, hey, I mean, I could all, you could also say I have emotions like a non-binary Jared or just a sensitive emotional guy, okay? I could, but I'm not going to. Yeah, I know. You're drinking Guinness now, so oh, he's, yeah, he's, into, he's into the group. All right. He's on step two. <laughs> yeah, of 12. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've already gotten into the whiskey. You know who I want to have that you guys are probably not going to expect, and this one came to me once again very um, like recent, and I think it was because I put on one of their albums and I listened to the entire thing, and I think I'm going to loophole it again. No, I'm not going to loophole it. I don't want to confuse people. For my calm down stuff, I'm going with Dire Straits. Oh, I thought you were going to go with the Eagles there for a second. Then. <sighs> Man, it, the Eagles were one that came up really close to Dire Straits. I like the Eagles. Uh, their their or their uh, catalog's definitely more hit heavy as it's far as like ra radio friendly hits, and it is huge. But 
there's something about that CD Brothers in Arms with Money for Nothing and The Walk of Life and uh, uh, Sultan's a Swing. And, I mean, the, the, the hits just keep coming. And Mark Knopfler, I think, is, for my money, one of the greatest guitar players that's ever lived. And uh, I, I really enjoy watching, listening to him. I grew up on that, too. It was uh, My dad was really into Dire Straits when I was, like, super young and pliable. And so that's a big reason, too. And I just, you know, really, really like that shit. So, um, and then after that, I am going to loophole this one because it's easy to do. And I'm surprised no one else thought of either one of these bands. Not that you guys, we were kind of more down the punk line, but um, I'm going with Dave Grohl as artist number four. Because Ooh, I get one. I get Nirvana and then I get the entirety of the Foo Fighters catalog, which Foo Fighters, dude, the Foo Fighters have honestly one of the most hit heavy catalogs I've ever seen. And, you know, I was working in radio from what, like, I don't even remember when I got in like 06, 06 to, yeah. to 14 or something like that, uh, 2006 to 2014, 2015. That was, it was every single time that there was a new flush of songs coming out, there was another hit from the Foo Fighters. And it might have been from the same album as the last one, or it might have been from the umpteenth album, because that's all Dave Grohl does is write music. So um, there you have it for me. Travis Barker, The Offspring, uh, Dire Straits, and Dave Grohl. The Dave Grohl one was a good one. I really, I, I loopholed it. Taylor, did I upset yeah, you by loopholing? Yeah, it? you're a big cheater. Because, I mean, if, if that's how it could go, I mean, I'd be like Fat Mike. Oh, I get all of Fat Records. Like, <laughs> Well, but he didn't play on all play of Fat on, yeah. Records. Oh, you're just for... you're going by who's played on, in them. Well, I cause, see. Yeah, you cause... can do Mark Hoppus, too. Like, he's been in, he, he guessed, like, sings in just about everything i listen to nowadays i feel like he's in almost every new pop punk band he does a, 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 a featured yeah like a um, cameo yeah. yeah it's a new mm-hmm. dave navarro but i i feel like just to be fair and I'll, I'll defend my position a little bit here travis barker is is the drummer in all of those bands he's not just moonlighting for any of them like he's he's the drummer for boxcar the drummer for plus 44 the True. drummer for blink and uh uh, Dave Grohl, of course, Nirvana, Foo Fighters. There's only two there. I'll tell you what I would give uh, you. You're wrong there. He was the drummer for Queens of the Stone Age, too. Oh, that's true. Album. Just so one you album. Get, you get that, though. Uh, no, I don't think... You get I'm, that album. I don't think so. I, I, don't, I don't think that's fair. Because if they're touring with it now, he's not playing it. No, so but he's, he's... He wrote he, it. He wrote it. He wrote it. he played on the original album. I think you get that album. All right, man. It's fucking your rules. Jesus. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I, you know, I'll. Here's what I'll do, Taylor. If you want Fat Mike, since nobody else chose No Effects, which was a uh, total surprise. I thought that all three of us would have No Effects, to be honest, because I just wrote my list right now. But um, I'll give you Fat Mike, which will give you um, all of No Effects, and it'll also give you uh, Me First and the Gimme Gimmies for the most part. Mm-hmm. Everything yeah. on everything That's on record. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. So that and that, dude. That was one that I did battle with. One of the very first ones that I wanted to write down was Me First and the Gimme Gimmies because it was going to be a, a two-shot. You basically get the Me First version of the song, but then it reminds you of the old version of or the original version of the song, so it was like a twofer. But, uh, you know, see, that's why that's why this shit's fun to do. It's like just a discussion to have because we have another one coming up that I don't even know how I'm going to comprehend because... The other thing that we do is we play a lot of video games. Taylor, are you okay on time? I didn't even think to ask you that. Yeah, yeah. We can, okay. we can run through that. Okay. So we both play a lot of video games. We both, all three of us, play a lot of video games. Um, I, unfortunately, don't get to play with you guys as much as I probably should because 
I am more of an Xbox player and less of a PlayStation 4 guy. Uh, now you guys are PlayStation 5 people, though. Um, so I said video game Mount Rushmore. And uh, this one should have been fun because we also had a little bit of a discussion. Uh, Taylor and I. Sorry, I, I made us I made us a meat feast tonight, Taylor. I didn't I didn't actually tell you that. I made us a New York strip steak. I smoked ribs and I smoked chicken. The chicken got dried out, but everything else was good as fuck, and that's why Jared and I have been meat burping this entire show. So oh, you, had, you had me at meat tornado. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> the video game Mount Rushmore, the only stipulation was you don't get sequels, you don't get prequels, you have to pick a game but you get all downloadable content for that game in perpetuity. If they're making it five years later, like GTA six, 10 years later, like GTA five, you get all that shit online or offline and you don't have to pay for it. Um, but you don't get, you can't just say, I want GTA and loophole like I just did. And then you get GTA one through infinity. Oh, you cheater. Yeah. So yeah, I, yeah. I was That's stopping cheating. everybody from cheating in that way. And then he cheated. And then I cheated in that way on the first one because I figured that out tonight. Hold a real Marcus. Yeah. Well, you know what? Get your own podcast. That's what I say. I'm too busy doing my real job. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh wait, I'm unemployed. <laughs> we'll let Jared go first this time because you went second. Uh, before, so what's uh, what's your video game Mount Rushmore? Uh, we'll start with Final Fantasy VII, just That's... because the first one is totally awesome, and the remake has been just straight baller. See, I heard some people were really frustrated with the remake. Oh, and uh, before you guys get look, we haven't talked a lot of video games on this show yet. Besides when Tanner and Drew and I kind of touched on it, we're about to get fucking nerd right now. So everybody, buckle up because it's probably going to be more in depth video game talk than you've listened to. Uh, on a podcast. So Final Fantasy VII, once again, I heard the remake was good, but also incredibly short. Not anywhere near the full game, so to call it a remake was almost kind of a bastardization of the term. How do you feel about that? Well, the uh, the original game, I believe, is four discs long. So when they came out with this first remake, it was only the start of the game to where they're leaving Midgar. I don't know what that is, so how far through? Like 25%? Disc one, so twenty five. Maybe not even disc one. Maybe like three quarters of the way through disc one. So yeah, they're, they're doing it in chunks, right? Yeah, they're doing it in chunks. Uh, disc two is coming out next year, I think. Okay. Well, at least they're doing that. I thought for a minute this was just like we're going to call it a remake and cash grab. We're only no, going to give them twenty no, percent no, no. of the game, which doesn't sound very Final Fantasy of them, to no. tell you the truth. That's well, honestly, cash grab is. Yeah, that's kind of final. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Okay, so, but Final Fantasy VII, as far as Final Fantasy games are concerned, far and wide considered the, or or one of the best, but I always hear it called the best. It seems to be, if you're going to talk to a guy that's played any more than one or two Final Fantasy games, seven is going to be at the top of their list um, almost ultimately. Would you say so, Taylor? Yeah, no, I mean, it from a, just a, the full game you know start to finish perspective it's it's easily a you know a top five okay so uh final fantasy 7 jared moving on right so uh uh red dead redemption i don't know if i get the red dead redemption 2 or just red dead redemption well you can pick one of them okay then give me two you get two and then you get all that dlc for two yeah give well. me two because i played i don't know mm -hmm. how many hundreds of hours in that and i could go play it right now at my house and be locked in for 10 hours Dude, it's a good game. I mean, there's no question about it that that uh, 
that story was so uh, engaging and so deep and, and the way that it just kind of gave you the entire landscape to go do what you will. You know, there was certain places that you couldn't get to, but pretty much if you wanted to take your horse and ride up into the mountains and unlock the entire map right off the bat in the section that you were in, you could do that. And I've always loved that when games give you that freedom to really take off and, and go get kicked in the teeth over and over and over again before you realize that you're not ready for this yet and you need to go do some things. Right, that game was so awesome. I just, every time I got into it and started playing, I was in for six hours at least. So if you haven't played Red Dead Redemption 2 um, yet, first off, what the fuck is wrong with you? And second, spoiler alert, did you get the good ending or the bad ending? Were you a good Arthur and you got to die in the sunset, or were you a dickhead and and, uh, Micah killed you, beat you to death? Micah beat me to death. Dude, (laughs) you're like the first person that said that. I don't know anybody that got that ending. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I I got beat to death by Micah. Were you just running through killing townsfolk and horses and shit? No, no, I don't know know where I was. Went wrong. It might have been all the killing. It was probably all the killing. All the robbing. Yeah, this killing. Taylor, did you get the did you get the die by the sunset or did Micah kill you too? Um I am actually and I and don't worry about it, you didn't spoil anything. I already knew how it ended. I'm not quite done with it because I get so sidetracked in that game. Yeah. Um that's it, what's it, great I mean, about it. Sort of a, a spoiler of my own here, that's one of my games that I picked because I can literally like like Jared said, I can play that for hours and just go hunting and fishing and doing all the little side quests and doing all that stuff. Uh, th- those open world games like that, you can just, I never get through them. I never get to the end because I don't, I don't want to, I, I'm having too much fun doing everything else. Sure. All right, Jared. So that's two red dead redemption Two, final fantasy seven. What's next? Fucking Mario Kart. Yeah, dude, it's, it's on Mario mine Kart, too. Man. I mean, it's definitely on mine too. Now the question is, which Mario Kart are we talking? Because there are a litany of good Mario Karts. The first Mario Kart on any or on Super NES, I still remember playing it to this day. And even after all of the advancement and all of the exciting times I've had playing all the different iterations of Mario Kart, I still would probably, if you handed me a Super Nintendo controller, sit down and bang out some Mario Kart on the original two-dimensional Super Nintendo. So which version are you talking I've been really enjoying the Wii one. We, well, I bought a Wii uh, when they, not when they first came out, but a couple of years after they came out. And Mario Kart was the first game I bought for it. Really? And it's it's a lot of fun because you get a little steering wheel and you can steer. You don't have to fucking see here with the controller. You can steer with your little steering wheel, and it's all all big fun and games. The boy loves it. Yeah, we have a good time. Oh, I'm sure the boy oh, man, just absolutely just, loves it. Oh, the little nipper loves it. <laughs> all right, so uh, we've got Mario Kart, we've got Final Fantasy VII, we've got Red Dead Redemption Two, and uh, the big finish. Oh, you know, I only got three games. I couldn't think of a fourth one. Really? Really? Yeah. Because you got a stack of games. Like, you know what you I thought you were going to say? You got a lot of time in those three games, though. I know, yeah. You know what I thought you were going to say? Uh, I thought you were going to come in here with some bullshit Kingdom Hearts is what you were going to come out uh, with. I enjoyed that game, but it wasn't one where I'd, I'd put it on a Mount Rushmore, you know. it's The, the fourth one's to be pending. I haven't found that game yet that really, really gets me six to midnight, and I'm excited about it. Gets you taped up to your stomach. Yeah, that's right. Gotcha. Except hard. Well, nobody said you... Okay. <laughs> Taylor, <laughs> time for your Mount Rushmore. You look a little flushed. Uh, yeah, no. So let's go yeah. ahead and start out with your thoughts on RDR2, if you have any more, because obviously that's on your list. So Yeah, yeah, that one's on my list. Um, like I said, didn't beat it yet, um, but uh, just because there's so much to do and there's so much fun stuff that, you, you know, it, 
you could spend days playing that and not even get through it. I still see stuff on the Reddit for it where people are discovering new things that, that haven't been found yet. Um, you know, minor stuff. Like they follow a cat around through a town and it literally goes through its like whole life cycle. Like it catches a mouse, goes back to its house, like sleeps in a, a little room, like does all... I mean, it's insane what people are finding out about that game, the level of detail that's in that. Um, I also the other love... Game- can we, before you move on, just can we talk about how much fun hunting is in that game it's like if hunting in real life were as fun as it is in red dead redemption and i really enjoy hunting but if it was as fun as it is in red dead redemption 2 there would be no animals on this planet everybody would do it because it's just so much fun well they'd respawn immediately that's you true. leave for a half hour you come back the damn thing's still there that's true <laughs> <laughs> all right taylor second um Putting on my nerd hat here, um, there is a lot of hours you can put into World of Warcraft. Um, that is one, that, and they're still producing expansions. And I haven't even played it for I don't know five years or something like that. But I know that if I was going to play four games for the rest of my life, one of them I could kill a lot of time in is that one. There is just it is so so much to do in it. I haven't played that game for twenty two years. And it's been out that entire time. Um, Taylor, mm-hmm. you're one of the reasons I ever bought it and and got into it a little. I never put more than about five, maybe ten hours into it, but I could the reason I stopped is because I could see what was coming. I was just like, there's no fucking way that I don't have the time to get into this. I had a career at the time and I was worried because of all the time I'd put into all those MMORPGs that came before it. Mm-hmm. Well, you got time now. No, quit it. Because my wife, I have a wife. I have a wife, and she she won't be here after that because we already went through that once. So, All right, Taylor, so what's next? Um, I threw on GTA V um, just because, you know, just like Red Dead, a lot of time you can put into that and do so much stuff with that. Um, Same vein. Any open world game is going to just be an absolute time sink. So it's tough to get bored of that stuff. I mean, it's it's still like the highest grossing game uh, I think in the world, and it still sells like it's never dropped below like twenty dollars or something like. That. There's so many like weird stats about it that it's still like one of the highest selling games month over month and stuff like that. It's it's an, it's mind boggling that that game came out what like six years ago or something like that, or maybe more than that. I don't even know how long ago it was. GTA Five. And, it's been it's been uh, just under a decade, if I'm not mistaken. Ten or something like that. Is yeah. it longer than that? Wow. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I can't believe I mean, it. It kind of it came out like right when the, was it the PS4? Or was it on PS3 too? Uh, no, it was it was next gen. Okay. Yeah. Well, now sort of past gen. Um. But yeah, it, that that's nuts that that game is still selling as well as it is. Um. And then the last game on my list, um, I've only played a little bit of, but I know just from playing it, it's basically adult Legos is Minecraft. I know that I could easily get into that just from just from dabbling in it. I'm like, this is a game that I could spend a lot of time in and probably not get bored. I see like full cities, like they reproduce cities from Lord of the Rings or um, Game of Thrones and stuff like that. And it's it's just hour days days like cities built by like you know groups of people that um spend months or years recreating an entire city out of these blocks and components and stuff like that that just i'm like yeah that if if i'm gonna do something for the rest of my life that could be it (laughs) that surprises me i thought no question that you would be going with destiny 2 here see that's one thing that i was like thinking about because like 
I didn't pick that because eventually that game, because it's online situated, is gonna is gonna go away. Yeah, and it's so, die. what's but, that? But I, well, he said it's gonna die. But couldn't you say the same thing about World of Warcraft? I don't know. <laughs> you think that one's I mean, gonna stand the test of time? Like it's like even the after the nukes fall and nuclear winter hits, there's still gonna be one nerd in a basement playing. World of Warcraft. Ready to It'll serve. be me because it's on my it's on my <laughs> Mount Rushmore. All right. Okay. Well, I mean, you know, I, I just knowing you personally, I know the oh, amount I would. of time I would. that you're if, I was, if I was guaranteed that that game would would be around for you know for the test of time and with expansions until forever, I would definitely pick Destiny Two. Okay. Well, I wanted to kind of steer clear of where you guys were. Um, so I actually I had GTA Five on my list because I did. Uh, put the list together a little bit in my head, but I wanted to keep it a little bit, um, you know, fluid so that we could still talk about different games on here. I went ahead and replaced GTA Five with Elder Scrolls Online for my first game uh, because of the same reason that Taylor talks up World of Warcraft. Uh, Elder Scrolls Online is one of those ones that's been going on for, I think, seven, eight years now, and they're still, you know, doing DLC almost every uh, every quarter, I think they do something every three months or so. So I really had a fun time playing that, um, got into it with a few friends like, uh, our buddy Steve-O or excuse me, Steven, we're not calling him Steve-O anymore. Um, he and I played hours and I mean, hundreds of hours, like too many hours. And that's why I don't, I mean, I still have the Warcraft discs. I've got a better computer sitting in front of me now that I've ever had before, and I can't put that Warcraft disc in this computer. I won't allow myself to do it because then all of a sudden I'll be ten bucks a month uh, less, you know, rich. Well, let's call it poorer. And uh, and and I just know that I'll be pouring a bunch of time into it that I don't need to. Especially now that I have two monitors. If I would have had two monitors back in the days when I was playing Ultima Online and Asheron's Call and uh, Baldur's Gate and all these other uh, ES or all these other MMORPGs. You would have never pried me from the screen. And and the cool thing about some of these games, which this is not unique to Elder Scrolls Online. I know it happens. Um, but uh, there was some, back in the Asheron's Call days, and, and Taylor, you might have even done this before. People could spend, like I had a buddy, uh, you, you know him, Jared. Uh, his name's Josh. Lived in Hawaii for a little while, worked for my uncle. The dude would put about, you know, 70, maybe 80 hours into an MMORPG character, and he'd sell the son of a bitch on eBay for like five, six hundred bucks. Oh, which, I did that. I sold a few. Yeah, which, I mean, look, it's it, that sounds like a lot of hours for the amount, but when you realize that you just, if you know the formula for getting your guy to a certain level, and then people will just buy that from you for, I mean, what, Taylor? How much money did you make, and how many characters did you sell? And it was World of Warcraft, I assume, yeah? No, no, no. It was actually, it was Asheron's Call, which was one of the early sort of competitors to EverQuest. And it and was I, one of the games that this is what Josh used to sell his characters on, the guy yeah. that Jared and I know about, and I loved that fucking game. Yeah, it was a good one. I, I just sold some armor um, and some stuff from that uh, for, it was like $500, um, I didn't sell any characters there. Then I played another game called Dark Age Camelot uh, for a little bit, where I got some. So I got to um, like almost max level with one guy and pretty high with a second. And I just happened to, you know, I was in, I think I was still in high school, and I just happened to run into this guy, and he's and him and his, he like he was in his thirties, and he was like, hey, you know, it's fun playing with you. We like got along fine and stuff. And he's like, um, my my wife and I just don't have time to play this game we what what would you give your characters up for 
And I was like, I don't know, a thousand bucks? And he's like, okay. And so he paid me a thousand bucks for my two characters. Jesus. That's amazing. And I played, that was one, I said Baldur's Gate, but I was definitely thinking of Dark Age of Camelot. That's another one that I played. That one was really fun. Um, yeah. The one thing I remember about Dark Age of Camelot was they didn't have a fast travel um, mech, uh, fast travel mechanism, so you would have to like, okay, everybody stick to the party leader, and now we're going to go on a six-hour horse ride, so come back after dinner. Oh my <laughs> Do you God. remember that, Taylor, how it was yeah. just, you just have to ride for hours on end in that game? Um, yeah, no, it was ridiculous. The, the funny thing about selling those characters was that my parents, you know, in high school, they used to kind of be like, come on, you know, you play a lot of video games. Like, you know, you should probably be thinking about getting a job. And after I after I did that, those two interactions where I sold the armor in one game and did that in another game, they were like, oh, for a high school kid making like $1,500, uh, that's not bad. <laughs> right, right. Especially not for, you know, all that time that you spent because it is definitely yeah. a time investment. So, um, yeah, for sure. So let's see. So I said uh, Elder Scrolls Online, which is a console-based MMO, which probably isn't the the, the smartest, um, but I guess it's on PC too. You can play ESO on PC, so I won't uh, I won't nitpick about that. My second one is going to be Mario Kart, but it's going to be Mario Kart for a whole different reason, buddy. It's Mario Kart. Split that screen into four. Everybody grab the weirdest controller that's ever been produced. We are playing Nintendo sixty four until my mom comes down and makes us stop, um, because that game was where it was in high school for me. And I know this uh, for a good reason. I always thought I was pretty good at it. And then years later, uh, in the Donkey Show studio where I was doing the radio show, we had a TV set up. And one day, one of the guys that worked for the show was like, hey, I have an N64. I could bring it in and we could play Mario Kart. And then all we did was play Mario Kart for like three years. <laughs> it was in every break. We had tournaments. I mean, it probably was... It probably was a little bit detrimental to what we actually had going on there towards the end, but that was only because they're kind of looking for a reason to fire us. So the Mario Kart probably didn't play very well. But, dude, we had tournaments every single day, and it got down to where there was three of us that were all so good at it that anybody that came into the studio would just get boat raced. And we would almost make them feel like, like no, I don't want to play with you. Like We had comedians that would come in every single week to do a bit, and they'd be like, I, we're not playing Mario Kart. We'll just sit here and watch you guys play. Because it was, we had played that much of it. Um, one time, my, one of my favorite memories of the radio show is uh, Brian Posehn uh, came down to do a stand-up show. And uh, my co-host Drew and I were opening for him that night at the Wow Hall. And he walks in and he's like, you know, we do, we do our uh, intros and everything. And we had a game of Mario Kart that had finished and the, the characters were just driving around the track, you know. And uh, he looks over and, like, really slowly he looks over at me and he goes, is that Mario Kart? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, yeah, it's Mario Kart. And he's like, can I play? And we're like, yeah, dude, go for it. And Brian Posehn sat in the studio and played Mario Kart. Uh, just an iconic game. Sounds like Scooby-Doo. <laughs> yeah, it's not a, very good, not a very good impression. <laughs> but I, I know that everybody here has had, um, maybe, maybe not Jared, it might be a little bit, behind you because you were in high school already when that game came out or maybe maybe just getting into high school so did you play a lot of mario kart 64 uh yeah i played over at my my friend and his then girlfriend's house now wife now wife yes yeah, yeah. and she would boat race us oh I really mean, she, yeah i mean she would we thought we were pretty good you know we're just you know we're one and two and then she would just come flying by red red shell green shell red shell get the big thing run us over and then she's gone <laughs> 
<laughs> every time. And she just destroyed us to the point where we quit playing. And Taylor, I know you've got some Mario Kart 64 experience. Well, maybe he did, but uh, he just dropped out again. He'll be back in just a second. Um, Mario Kart 64, like it, I, I really do have memories of my buddy Andy's mom, Mary, coming downstairs and being like, it's three in the morning. We know you guys aren't drunk because you're only 14. Go to sleep, and we'll just be <laughs> dying laughing playing Mario Kart 64. So uh, one of those things that will always stick with me. I could play that game uh, for the rest of my life. Number three for me is very, uh, I have to be very descriptive with it. I know we're running long here. Taylor, we'll get you out of here in just a moment. Um, but number three for me is going to be Madden 07. Because Madden 07 uh, was like, that was the Michael Vick game where Michael Vick was the, he was basically the Bo Jackson from Tech Mobile. You couldn't tackle him. Um, But we also played a ton of like three franchise seasons. Uh, Jared, our buddy Rufus, and myself lived in a house together. (laughs) uh, And we would play just season after season, have have these fantasy drafts where we would draft all of our players it might have been Madden 08. Either I think one. it was six, because Sean Alexander was seven, I thought. No, uh, Michael Vick was seven. You sure? I'm positive. Look it no, up. Yeah. Well, my phone's over there. I'm not going to do that right and, now. And the I'm only lazy. reason I know that it was Michael Vick is because I drafted Michael Vick on my team, the Ravens. I wore the Black Death uniforms every time I played you guys, and you destroyed fucking multiple controllers of mine after you got beat. In fact, that beer fridge over there has dents from the PlayStation 2 controllers that we both throw into it, you know, multiple times per per session. That's because I had that dummy Priest Holmes on my squad, and he was only like an 88 speed, and he sucked at breaking tackles. You see why this is a game that's going to go into my Mount Rushmore, Taylor? It's something that I have so many memories from, and uh, it was one of the all-time great Madden games, too, mainly because of the players that were in it. Uh, and for me, I know this is kind of... Um, it's... It's a bit of a trendy pick for me. And it's also, I play this game on console, and I know that it's, if you're a PC gamer, you think that this game is unplayable and broken on console. But I've never had a game that I'm so fucking bad at be so much fun, and that's PUBG, Player Unknown's Battlegrounds. Yeah, uh, It's 100 people, drop into a map, you come in with nothing but your shoes on, you gotta drop in, find a gun, and then uh, the the circle shrinks down, and in that huge map, you all end up in the same area, and it's it's the last guy wins. Every single game that you play of that, there's a hundred people, and there's ninety nine fucking losers, and it's still one of the most fun games I've ever played. I've had Call of Duty games where I come in second, and I'm really proud of myself. Okay, I've finished games of Madden that they kick a last second field goal, and I go, well, I gave that one all I could you know, double overtime, it was down to the wire, and here they go, one play, it made the difference. PUBG, you could be running across the field all by yourself, haven't heard anything within 500 yards of you in the entire game, and then hear one faint crack, and your guy just falls over dead, and that's the end of it. And I can't get enough of that suspense, but I'm bad at it, you guys. I've only won, I think, between duos and squads and singles, I've only won eight times, and I've been playing that game for years. All right, I'm confused. So you say you fall in with nothing but your shoes on, so everybody doesn't have any pants on? Well, it depends. I mean, that is, you can make that a thing where you're just running around in your underwear. and since your junk out and just flaying it out for everybody to see. Not your junk, but you're in underwear. But oh. think about it. It's, it's a game that's played on the internet. Do you think there's partially I'm naked sure, people I'm running sure around? I'm sure there is. Yes, of I'm course sure there is. is. 
I know neither one of you guys have played that. Jared's watched me play it. Well, I don't know, Taylor. You you haven't played any PUBG, I'm assuming. I, I've played uh, just Call of Duty Warzone. Same idea. Same idea. And I actually, oh, you guys, this might be my new addiction because I played Call of Duty Warzone with a friend the other day. I'd only ever played it by myself. It's a free-to-play game, so I just downloaded it. But I played it with a friend that I could actually communicate with. I was getting kills. We were getting, like, top 20 finishes and stuff That's like fun. that. And I'm like, dude, I could play this game. I could sink a lot of hours into this game. But... I will also say the reason I didn't put a Call of Duty game on my list is because Call of Duty is like the online place for racism. Like, if you want to hear new racist terms to call people that you've never heard before, go play Call of Duty for a few hours, and a 12-year-old will teach you a handful of them. Uh, It's crazy. I mean, dude, seriously. Uh, So there you have it. Mine, ESO, Mario Kart 64, Madden 07, and PUBG. Are either of you guys surprised, Jared, with my list? Are you surprised? No, I don't think I am. I I could see you. Uh, Madden was a little bit because Madden can be dated so much, you know, with the the new, I don't know, animations and what they come out with every single year. Um, the 07, the 07 was definitely a a change for the franchise. It's like that's when they introduced the, uh, not just the franchise one, but the superstar. I believe is 06 or 07. They brought that in, so you could. Bring your own player up. You could bring them out of that draft, or you could make your own player, go through all the spring training and do all that stuff, and then get drafted. And it was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was a great game. Uh, Taylor, did I surprise you at all? Probably not. Uh, I mean, a little bit. I forgot about the Elder Scrolls thing for you. So that that was um, one I wasn't thinking of. I was trying to pick in my head what you'd pick. And, uh, you <laughs> know, the other ones make sense, you know, from your logic. I just totally forgot about that one. It's kind of funny because when I told uh, Rufus and uh, and and Taylor both that I had I had like a serious time invested into a really good character on Elder Scrolls Online, what Rufus said to me was was I I I don't know whether it was the most enlightening or the most damaging thing that I've heard about myself, but he's like, huh, wouldn't have pegged you as an MMO type of guy. <laughs> it's like what, like I can't commit or I just don't have the time. Like what is it, you know? Uh, but, uh, yeah, that's kind of what Taylor said. Like, oh, I forgot that you, you took off after that for a little bit there, you little scamp. Chase the dragon. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Dudes, uh, thank you so much. First of all, for taking the time, especially on a weekday night, Jared, I am going to miss the shit out of you. I'm going to miss having you 45 minutes away. I'm going to miss being able to, uh, randomly call you one day, go play some golf and drink an inordinate amount of beer on the golf course. But I know that you will be back, and I know that I will be over there to see you. Um, I will also let Taylor say his last goodbyes since I, I know that uh, the next time you guys talk uh, in, in in person or face-to-face, you will be a resident of Enterprise, Oregon, Jared. So, Taylor, anything to say to Jared? Yeah, man. I mean, it's been real. It's been fun, but it ain't been real fun, Jared. Um, you better get your ass back down here as soon as you can. Uh, we're going to miss you. Well, I appreciate it, fellas. It's uh, it's a it's not really a heartfelt goodbye. It's a heartfelt. I'm just moving a little further away from you guys. Cause I really don't like either of you all that much. That's why I'm going a over little. There. <laughs> a little. Yeah. Is look. That's the best part about our relationship is that you've been 45 minutes away because we probably would have killed each other by now. I mean, it, it was fun when it started out. We had a band. There were chicks. Now there's kids and wives, and yeah, dogs, and and- a bunch of dudes sitting around. Playing video games and drinking beer. It's a sausage festival. Sitting in the man room. Still haven't had a chick on. Waiting for that. Really would like to. Skewing heavily male in the listener department. (laughs) (laughs) 
Taylor, thank you so much Whoa. for coming and joining us tonight, dude. Uh, I hope that your dog doesn't barf all over you tonight. Um, Jared and I that are going to. Yeah, Jared really hopes that your dog barfs on you. He actually already said that when we were off the mic. Um, real quick, I do want to ask you this. Taylor, are, are you keeping track of time? Do you know how long uh, we've been doing this? Uh, uh, like an hour and a half. Well, he just looked at the he clock and gave it away. Yeah, I got Sorry. Jared. I got Jared in a place where he can't see a clock. But hour and a half, it goes by really fast when you're drinking and hanging out with your friends, which is one of the reasons that the man room is my favorite place to be. Thank you both for coming on tonight. We will definitely have you both on again. It's the Man Room Podcast. I'm your host, Marcus Bridges, and I'm going to go get drunk. Thanks for listening. And, and, and transmission. transmission. <laughs>